Thank you for joining me on this very special of episodes. And before I get into the details of why it's so special, let's not forget about Laura Lee Smith. She is a real estate agent in the Bryan College Station, Texas and surrounding areas. And she's the best real estate agent in the world in our minds. Why? Because she worked her tail off to get us into our very own dream home. Not only did she do that, she made the transition from the rental property into that dream home as seamless and painless as possible. So don't take my word for it. Laura Lee wants to work just as hard for you as she did for us. Her number is 979-218-2315. That's 979-218-2315. Then there's the honorary sponsor of the podcast, and that's 1541 Coffee Shop. Sam and family over there have done so much for the show and spreading it by word of mouth and also finding guests that I told them I'm making them an honorary sponsor. So here it is. If you're not going to drink the delicious 9-5 Adventures blend in the comfort of your own home, then please head over to 1541 Coffee Shop. Try out some of their handmade delicious pastries, handmade delicious appetizers, and great coffee. Tell Sam and family that 9-5 Adventures sent you. Okay. This is such a special episode to me because a year ago today, my beautiful and lovely wife nudged me into doing the very first episode of the podcast. And we wanted to do something really special and I was racking my brain as what we could do and find the ultimate adventure, right? So I started searching and I reached out to Chet Garner, host of The Day Tripper on PBS because what better person to have on the year episode than the ultimate adventurer? Well, Chet said yes. He came on and we just had a wonderful conversation. I can't thank him enough from the bottom of my heart. So Chet, thank you for coming on the show and talking. I really appreciate it. I hope everybody else enjoys the conversation as much as I did. And again, thank you to everybody who has supported the podcast, downloaded it, listened to it, bought the coffee to help support the the growth of the show. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Without any further delay, please enjoy the day tripper himself, Chet Garner. We're off. Now we're recording. All right. Thanks for doing this, Chet, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, hey, man. My my pleasure. Anybody else I can find that, you know, has a uh, taste for adventure, to spend some time hanging and talking about it, that's like my favorite thing to do. Yeah, and actually, uh, I looked at your Facebook, like, you know, getting the Facebook page to start the video chat or whatever. Yeah. Um, the first thing that pops up is the one in New York. And I know you went right before we went this past year for spring break. Cool. Oh, cool, cool. So y'all were right on our, our, our heels. Yeah, because like, it, it, you went right before that, didn't you? Yeah, we were in, we were right around uh, Valentine's Day. Okay, yeah. And so uh, it was actually perfect timing because, uh, you know, my wife was ready to pop in early April. So we were... We were right there at the cutoff for flying safely with it, but we squeezed it in. We squeezed it in. It was it was awesome. What'd you do? We What'd so what we did we flew up. We don't do Christmas gifts. We do trips, okay. right, for the kids and everything. And and we all got together and we flew up to New York, and then we rented a minivan and we drove all the way back. Nice. Yeah. So we we stopped by and went and saw. Uh, we spent two days in New York, and then we went to Philly, D.C. North Carolina, Atlanta, and then that stretch all the way home. We just drove through, picked up some food in Louisiana. <laughs> Push fast, yeah. fly through Louisiana as fast as possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. It's great food, but there's not. It's the from from like Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. It all looks the same when you go through. Oh, like, that's very true. Very true. I love it how like every billboard on those highways is nothing but a like. The best boudin in Louisiana. Stop now. The best <laughs> boudin in Louisiana, and then go. We're better than that last guy's boudin. Stop at ours. Like it was, they were nothing but like Cajun, you know, dive advertising at every, every one of them. Yep, which was pretty funny. Yep, and they're all good, pretty much. It's it's yeah, like I mean, uh, it's, it's all, all basically the same stuff. Pretty good Cajun roadside food, you know. Yep. Yep. So that, I, that's a dream trip, man. I'm gonna take your advice, like. Just buy the one-way ticket, rent the van. It was it was a lot of fun. The minivan, uh, I was like, nah, there's no way I'm driving. After we got done, we are really saving up for a minivan. It was the best ride. <laughs> You've been converted. Yes, for sure. I mean, the kids had all the room. They could stand up. Yeah. You know, they could stretch. They could move seats. The seats folded in so they could have more room. I mean, the whole, they drove great. It rode awesome. Um, yeah, 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 man. The wife says <laughs> I look really good in a minivan driving it, so... 
It's happy all... wife, happy life. If she <laughs> if she thinks you look good, then go for it, man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's awesome. So how I gotta know? Like I've I watched your stuff a lot. Um, I kind of bounced like bounced. I was like, hey, we went to Big Ben, and I saw you walk, hike up to the top of Alpine, and uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. we were we were actually looking for things to do over in that area. And when we asked people, they couldn't really tell us a whole lot of like the locals other, other than like, there's a bar over here and a bar over there. We don't do a ton of that. We like the adventure stuff. So, um, we were looking for things. I was like, Oh, that's super cool. Look at that. We could have hiked up to that desk right up there, you know, and, uh, just all these cool little things. So, and then I went down a rabbit hole of just like watching your little clips of your videos and different places in Texas to keep up in the memory bank, you know, and, sure. and uh, yeah. things to go. And, yeah. I was like, this dude, he he has the ultimate job of like adventuring around and checking out all the places in Texas and searching them out and um, all that good stuff. Uh, how yeah, how did you get started? Were you always just like, did you always travel like this, or how did you get started I, with this thing? No, nah, I think. Well, you know my my job is it's a very interesting bifurcated job. I've got like. There's the adventurous side of my brain that wants nothing more than to just run up a hill as fast as I can, see the view, you know, sit there and eat a sack lunch and ponder life looking out and then, you know, ride down some back alley and find the barbecue joint. So I've got like this adventurous side of my brain that just wants to go, go, go. But then in this job, there's the other, the television production side of the brain. And so uh, you know, doing something and then documenting yourself doing something is a very different kind of thing. And so it, it's, it's been fun. Luckily, I've, I've got both of those passions. So, you know, I, I started off, did the Boy Scout thing growing up, um, made it to Eagle. And so did a lot of camping and just exploring with my family. We did a lot of road trips, you know, in, in a minivan, actually a Suburban, you know, and we would we would. Well, my mom had a minivan, my dad had a Suburban, and it was kind of either or as to which one we took on the long trips. But regardless, we would rip out the back seat, put the, put the luggage in it, and put a mattress on top of it. And then we would just, like, yes. sleep on all the road trips. Like, my kids will never know what it's like to spend six hours on their back staring out, you know. Like, you get a, you got a little sliver of window, right, because the mattress almost went to the ceiling. And you got like three inches of window you could look out and watch the world go by. Uh, and so we would just, we were always exploring the back roads. And then I fell into, uh, you know, just a love of making movies in my backyard with my grandpa's video camera. That ultimately led me to UT where I majored in radio, television, and film. And uh, a random side trip there where I went to law school, then found myself practicing law in Austin and thought, man, I'm just not passionate about this. This is not the way I want to spend the next 50 years of my life. And so I thought, well, man, I love adventure and I love television production. Let me see if I can put these things together. And uh, we, we literally just loaded up uh, my, my SUV at the time and went to Waco. And I was like, man, I think there's a show here because I'm eager for this information and I can't be the only person who's dying for this information. I mean, you mentioned you, it's like, I couldn't find all this stuff without digging. And I thought, man, it'd be so good to have a show that combined food and outdoors and history. Cause I kind of love all that. And then helped educate people on, on what to do. So I said, look, I was in Austin at the time and this was 2007. So no one, cared about Waco at all. Everybody, you know, Waco was the big dog of I-35. And so I thought, man, if I can convince Austinites to want to go to Waco, I can convince them to want to go anywhere in the world. So we made our first episode about Waco. And uh, gosh, it was literally me, Richie, who's still part of the team, uh, my wife, and a camera buddy that I had from UT who was part of the first two seasons named Nate. And we just went up there and like, we had no idea what we were doing, you know, and there, there really wasn't travel vlogging at the time. And so we were, we were just flying by the seat of our pants and ultimately came back and had something that looked like a show that PBS was like, yes, that's it. Make as many as you can. Uh, we're not paying for any of it. <laughs> Make as many as you can. Like, oh. How, that doesn't work. How's that work? And so they're like, well, you know, you got to go find partnerships and stuff like that. And, so that's how we've been able to find, you know, great 
companies like Rudy's Barbecue, who've been with us since the first season, literally Chevrolet, Best Western, you know, Texas Farm Bureau, now Ranch Hand, Grill Guards, uh, some great, great, great partners. That's pre- that's pretty awesome. So, how did you go? How did you shoot? So, how did the process go? Where you didn't have any money, but you had to make a TV show. Now, did you have a bunch saved up, or did you just be like, so, well, "How are we going to do this?" Oh man! Well, I, it was just the blessings of the good Lord. I mean, we. So, my buddy Nate just happened to be running the equipment closet at ACC at the time. So he was in charge of checking out cameras to ACC students who wanted to make movies and stuff. And so, like, way better equipment than UT even had anywhere in the building, which is odd. Um, And so I was like, would the dean let us, like, take all this equipment? And he's like, I can ask. Sure enough, we go ask the dean. She's like, yeah, yo, that sounds awesome. Go do it. And so we went. We, like, loaded up. It was all borrowed gear. Um, I did have money saved. I mean, you know, being a lawyer pays well. So I saved up a war chest knowing that I wasn't going to be a lawyer forever. You know, I didn't go and blow it on the BMW and the, you know, the big house out in the hill country or anything like that. So I, we, we were, we were smart with what we needed in order to bridge the gap. And it's, it, but you know, the, the first, it was some lean, there were some lean years there, man. Very lean years. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of a lot of hours, like a lot of hours you're not getting paid for, you're putting in. Oh, endless. Yeah. yeah endless, but it goes back to that saying. Uh, it, it's only partially true, but the thing is, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And, and I, I mean, that is, that is true, but also if you love what you do, you'll work harder in your life than you ever have before. 100%. You're just not tracking the hours, right? Yeah. Like. Your hourly so pay is tiny. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, someone's told me to calculate it, and I'm yet to do that. I'm like, no, that is a terrifying number. I'm going to find out. You know, I make, you know, basically a waiter's salary without tips. And uh, it, it, but you know, it's fun, man. It's fun, and I get to do some amazing things, and I feel like I'm really doing what I was gifted to do. Sort of. Um, like you doing this podcast, you know, like you're doing something you love and you're clearly have been given a gift to do this. And so finding a way to align up the natural talents we have into something productive that we enjoy, that could, could generate a living at some point, you know, that would be, that would be amazing if that could happen. Yeah. Hey, 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 crazier things have happened, man. Crazier (laughs) things have absolutely happened. Yeah. But that's, I wonder how old are you? Because it doesn't look like you're old enough to be go through law school and then practice law before this whole thing happened. That seems like a long road. Watch, go back ten years and watch season one. I look like a baby face. I look like an old grizzled man now. I watched a couple you're, of old ones. I was like, man, without the beard, he really looked young. Yeah, <laughs> I like you know, ten year challenge is, is is a little rough here for the day tripper. Uh, you know, between what is it like when we started the show? I had one kid. Now I've got five. You know, I had zero employees. Now I've got seven. You know, like those things will age you. Those things will age you. Not to mention the miles, but it's fun. It's fun, man. And then, so I'm, I'm 38. I'm 38 to answer your question. Oh wow, we're the same age. Yeah. Oh, very good. Right on. See, man. There you, you go. go. Uh, the, and then I saw you just opened a headquarters where you sell. A bunch of gear and stuff like that, but you you still only have seven employees. Seven, well, okay, seven full time employees. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. about four. Add about four of that for the store. Four gotcha. of that, so maybe maybe eleven. Uh, they're part timers. Uh, definitely, I mean, they're full fledged members of the team. They're just not here doing the day trippers, day to day work. You know, yeah, making making stuff, but they hold down our retail fort like champs. So where so, where is it located? Yeah, so we opened, you know, for, I started the show, I lived in East Austin, and my wife and I, we lived there about six years, and about seven years ago, we moved up here to Georgetown, because I wanted to be part of a smaller community, and I just kind of fell in love with the Georgetown Square. I mean, the history, like, you step out on the street, and you kind of feel connected to this past, you know, it's like, I'm doing something they've been doing down here for 100 years, and it just, 
that kind of stuff is is my muse, you know. Uh, so we just were able to buy a old building on the square that we've turned into our day tripper world headquarters. So we're about a half a block off the square in downtown Georgetown. It's awesome. And this building, you know, now it's our product, it's our retail shop and our full production studio. But we've we've been doing all the history into it. This this building has been here since 1890, uh, and Holy like. Smokes. I know it's it's crazy. It's it, it started off as a buggy uh, builder selling buggies. Then it turned into a livery, which is where you would board your horses if you were going to town. You know, you got to have somewhere to board your horses. So you ride in, you you know, you ride in for thirty miles out in the country. You're going to stay in town for a few days. So someone would keep and water your horses for you. I guess they did that in this building. Uh, after that, it was a, an automotive shop. At some point in there, it was a bottling works. I don't know what they were bottling, like Dr. Pepper or beer or something. I, I have no idea. And then uh, it's automotive shop, a stained glass studio, and now it's our the Day Tripper World headquarters. So it's pretty cool, too, to work in a place where it's like, you know, the walls, like, well, the walls are all new except for the other ones, but like, like, look at the, the floor is all sheared <laughs> over. Yeah. It's got, you know, there's definitely places you should not step. But <laughs> it's this old black floor. And we, we, I mean, we built all the walls and everything. Well, the ceiling's wow, cool. that's cool looking. Come see us, man. Yeah, no, we will for sure. We actually go to Austin quite often. We go to the, uh, and then um, my wife's from up there in the Georgetown area. Like she really? lived there for a while, yeah. So, um, or Round Rock and all that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're we're through there all the time. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we're for sure gonna stop by, for sure. Stop by. We stop take by. we take day trips to the Green Belt all the time, and then over we'll go over to Spicewood just to eat Opie's barbecue. Um, oh man, that's one of my sweet favorites. And spicy ribs. Yeah. Sweet. Do you get the rib, the sweet those sweet and spicy ribs? We get a little of almost everything inside that big metal yeah. container. <laughs> There are, you know, gosh, we've done over 100 episodes. We eat roughly twice in every episode. And of those, there's probably a dozen things that I, in in my happy place, when I go places in my brain, I'm eating that food. And one of those things is the sweet and spicy ribs from Opie's Barbecue. Oh, my gosh. They got that, like, a habanero sweet glaze on them. I actually... Let's go. Let's go. Meet me up there in about an hour. (laughs) Yeah. It'll take me a little longer to get there than that. But from College Station, it's a little bit further. A little farther. Yeah. A little farther. Are y'all getting good barbecue at College Station? Historically, y'all got a Rudy's and that's great. Are y'all getting any like mom and pop places open up? Uh, There's a couple. Um, I I was in the food service business for a long time. We grew up, we owned a food service, like uh, Benny Keith or Cisco type of thing, but in the Rio Grande Valley. And so barbecue was always just kind of generic to me everywhere you go. Um, That's why why Opie stuck out because I moved up here to College Station and I had some of their barbecue restaurants and they're good and, and whatnot, but then it doesn't compare to when you have barbecue over there. Yeah, that's not craft barbecue, man. It's it's next level. Yeah, it's it is. it's difficult. It's like that's one one of my one thing that you do that I love that is one of our favorite things to do is to go to the wherever we go, whatever state we go to, whatever area is eat what they make there locally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. there's a huge difference in if somebody makes it outside that area and brings it in. Like Mexican food in the valley is not even close to the same thing once you start getting to Corpus in the past. You know? This is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I love me some Valley Mexican, man. <laughs> I, I do. I, yeah. I mean, I love a greasy plate of Tex-Mex, you know, covered in chili con carne. But I love me some just Brownsville street tacos. Oh, they're oh. the best. They're the best. Uh, yeah, I miss it. Cool. But so I guess I did. I did wonder while I was watching the episodes, just like how much you actually have to eat fine to eat because i know that it's not just like one shot and you're done you know most of the time is it sure no 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 gosh no yeah that's that's where all the bloopers come from but like i mean the eating so when you're when you're filming you're kind of moving through this internal punch list in your head 
I've got to get the eating shots. I got to get the close-ups. I've got to get close-ups of whatever I'm eating being prepared. I've got to get this, that, and the other. And so, unfortunately, when we're filming, a lot of times I run through that eating segment as if it's just a thing to check off the punch list. It's not to say I don't enjoy the food. I love the food. Yeah. But as soon as we're done with the camera, I'm like, all right, what's next? This the rest of this burp. The rest of this burger is going to have to wait. You know, I got I got four or five big bites into it, and now I've got to jump into the kitchen for the owner interview or whatever. And so I don't. I, usually, I don't get to finish it all. But the way we schedule our shoots, every crew meal is immediately after we're done filming. So we go to a restaurant and we finish filming. Then we turn the cameras off and we have our crew break where the crew eats, you know, like a normal customer would. And so usually I end up eating a second lunch with all of them <laughs> just off, off camera. That's awesome. Yeah, but man, if you, if you ate everything I did on the road, you'd be 450 pounds and you know because it's not i'm not exactly eating you know vegan no <laughs> vegan wraps or no. anything like that no you so, gotta show people the good stuff and the good stuff is uh not always the top of the line on health no no yeah. it is not no no we do try to mix it up i mean i love my fresh seafood and stuff like that um we're you know, in the first couple seasons, we kind of made a niche for ourselves being barbecue, 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 barbecue. And it's not that I tired out of barbecue, but I was like, man, we're kind of doing Texas a disservice. We need to expand because Texas is a culinary just uh, mecca between all like uh, you got all the cowboy traditions of barbecue and country cooking. And uh, then you got all the Mexican influence. You've got the coastal influence. German influence, you know, it just, it's the everything, man. It's a big boiling pot of deliciousness. So it's been, it's been cool to sort of dive in and explore, not just like the food dish itself, but like the history of the food, which I, I always find fascinating. Like how exactly did Tex-Mex become a thing? Because to your point, like you go to Brownsville, they're not eating Tex-Mex. They're eating something different. It's, and so when, when and where did Tex-Mex become its own food group? And there's a whole long history of it. That's for another podcast, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can tell yeah. just talking right now, you have like this crazy passion for just the food, the, the history. Just know, hearing you talk about your building, man, you know the history behind the building you're in, you know? And most people don't know. They're just like, I just need this place to open up my stuff. And uh, so... I guess it bleeds over, and I was telling you before the podcast, like you're you sounding genuine, like you, it really does come across that way, like you're really enjoying hearing these stories that people have to tell and learning about the area and learning about the food. I mean, it comes across as like you're really into it, and now I can tell by talking to you, it's like it's the same thing. Well, thanks, man. It it the people like. I've been told like, wow, you're the same way in person like you are on camera. And that's one of the highest compliments you can give me because, you know, I'm not acting at all and I don't have to act, which makes my job super simple. You know, I don't have to put on a character when the cameras are rolling and I've geared the show toward who I am naturally, which means it's an easy job. It's an easy, easy fit. Doesn't that help for like longevity? Oh, I think so, man. I think if I didn't enjoy it, I, I would have burned out a long time ago because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of road dogging. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're on the road a lot and going to some pretty remote places. And uh, I am always it doesn't matter where we're headed. I'm excited to see it. It's been something I want to see. And there's at least a few things I'm in the episode that I've wanted to do for many, many years. Um, but, you know, we've run through. We, a lot of the crew has been here for quite a while, but then there are some other people who've kind of come and gone as producers, um, and they you, they they come in for a season and they're gung ho, and then the next season they are a little less gung ho, <laughs> and then you know by the by maybe the third season it's all a blur to them, and it kind of turns into mush in their brain. It's just another road trip and another barbecue joint and something else. 
and some of those producers haven't been, even been with us a full season. And, and these are these are some of my friends who I bring on to, yeah. to fill the, the field producer role, who kind of sets up scheduling and coordinating because you know the barbecue joint has to know exactly when we're going to be there. And then if we're running 15 minutes late, they got to get a heads up. Hey, don't prep the food yet. We're 15 minutes late. We're in a, there's a whole lot of stuff behind the scenes, you know, kind of how the sausage gets made that isn't so sexy as eating the sausage. And so, um, it, it, just to say, it'll, it'll wear you down. If you're not passionate about it and you don't, if you don't love it, it, it wears down quicker. Well, that's what, uh, so mine is on a much smaller scale. It's just me by myself doing producing this thing. Producing is not necessarily my strong point. Like learning how all these little gadgets work and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I put a lot. Of, I put a whole lot of effort into it. But that's on a. I look now. I have a different appreciation when I watch somebody like yourself travel. Like you travel, and you're doing the writing and producing and all these different things. Like in you're in all these. That takes. So much, way more work than what people think. They think it's just drive oh, yeah, on the camera yeah. and you're done. Right, absolutely. This happens all the time. We're filming a segment and they go, so will this be on the air this weekend? <laughs> oh, you have no idea what we actually do, do you? And I'm like, you know, this we're filming now. We were filming in May for October. And you tell them like, no, this is six, we're six months out on even seeing daylight at all on this thing. And they're like, Huh? What? We just watched you film it. Just it's done. Just you know, throw it on TV. Like, oh, you you have no idea. You have no idea. That's... And even a podcast, right? Seems very simple jumping in, but and you can get buried in the weeds really quickly. And so, if you're not passionate about what you do, you're yeah. gonna burn out. And that's an indication that you need to be doing something else. And the contribution you've been called to bring to this world is something different. You know. That's a big thing of that's a big thing of me helping other people, and I, I don't know um, what I'll be doing, you know, in ten years after this, but it'll be something I'm passionate about, and I and I really do want to help other people find their passion. I believe we've all got a calling and a certain talent in our life, and we owe it to the world to turn that back in. I love yeah. that right there. That is it's definitely true. that's definitely like one of my big things is that. Yeah, I always say like everybody can succeed. Like I don't, I never understood the scarcity mindset of like holding information back from people because I need the upper hand to sell a product to somebody else, and I can't give you this information because you might jump me in the line of command in this company. I mean, if I help, if I help you out, then you're better for the company, and then we all do better. Like I don't understand. I don't understand the the that mindset. I've always thought helping others out helps me out exactly it, it does you just have to think a lot bigger than those people who are sort of scared right they're operating under fear and that's that's the wrong way to live that's the wrong way to live yeah rising tide raises all ships and so you help someone else rise the tide your ship goes up all it's that's what's one of the best things about my team that i've got surrounding me right now we're constantly reevaluating what our roles are because it's a matter of finding who's who's better at what than someone else, you know? So that's like, hey, you didn't come into our company to do this, but you're clearly good at this. And we would love to kind of run down and embrace that. And and before you know it, they're having they're getting more job satisfaction out of it. And they're the team is benefiting more from it. And, and then you find someone else to do that thing you thought they were going to do. And so we're, con- we're constantly reevaluating our team and swizzling stuff, but always for the better. Yeah, finding people's talents, put them in the right spot. I mean, your show yeah. your show even does the same thing. I mean, think about you're putting people on TV. Like little, restaurants are starving for business. I mean, it's oh, not yeah. funny to say that, but like all these places are looking for clients to come in, come into their yeah. place. And it's just exposure uh, like great exposure for your stuff being on YouTube and on PBS and everywhere else, like that they can find these little clips of all these places that you go to. It just brings all this free exposure to them that they wouldn't normally have. Right, right, and that's that is truthfully one of the most uh, I guess rewarding parts of the job is you find a little small mom and pop who doesn't really understand marketing, and they're just amazing at making pie. 
yep. right? And they're so bogged down in making pie, which is like one of the hardest things to do on the planet, you know, if you're actually going to make pie the right way with the crust and all that. And so they're they're just really good at it, but they've they're and they got a little local customer base, and you know they're just kind of making it. And you take them and you give them this big megaphone that goes out all over Texas and the country and the internet. And before you know it, they're finally in a, making a comfortable living making pie, and they can hire someone else. You know they can they can build their team up. So we get that feedback all the time, and I love it. Like man, you just have no idea. We know when your show airs because we sell out a chicken fried steak for the next <laughs> year. You know, people people coming in from gosh, we got stories like we featured a fried shrimp place down around Houston, and turns out there were people who watched the show in Austin in the afternoon and were eating fried shrimp in Houston that night. You know, like Whoa. they just they drove three hours to just eat fried shrimp, and then they were like, "Well, where are you staying?" Like, "No, nah, we're we're gonna drive home. We're just." Wanted to rock some. It looked it looked so good on TV, and uh, hopefully we don't let them down. That's incredible, though. They drove from Austin all the way over there just to eat shrimp and yeah. come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be sometimes. Well, it's one little add-on. The uh, like sometimes they the the owners of the business will be like, "Well, how was the show? How did it end?" And they're like, "Oh, we didn't even finish it. Like we saw the fried shrimp, got so hungry, we turned it off. But it's on our DVR." We'll watch the rest when we get home. <laughs> Literally turn it off and drive immediately to eat shrimp or, or barbecue or anything, you know? It's fun. That's, I mean, that to me, like when somebody comes up and says, hey, I listened to the podcast of this guy. He's such an inter- interesting person. That right there makes me feel on top of the world. Like there's not, I'm not getting paid to do this. But it's like that's the best paycheck that I could ever receive. That's awesome. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I'm, that that's even on a, a like more mega scale, which is just that's got to be awesome, dude. That's awesome, man. That you know you're not getting paid yet, but I've always been a big proponent. You know, do what you love, regardless of whether or not anybody's paying for it, and eventually people will take note. And I, I you you got such a good thing going, man. I. I wouldn't be surprised before this turns into a living. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome, and that, I, yeah. I appreciate the compliment. It it really is awesome. Um, you don't always realize that. I don't know if you ever do this. I've been like this my whole entire life, whether it be sports or uh, whatever it is, whatever activity I'm doing. I I never look at myself as being good at anything, really. I don't know if that makes sense. I know I'm good, yeah. but then I never think that I'm good. If that makes if that makes sense. Yeah, like, no, no, that's called that's called humility, right? <laughs> I, I, you like there's a humility that is doesn't have to be spoken when you meet certain people that that comes across and it's it's endearing and you you want to help them. It's like they're they're so good they don't act like they're good because there's nothing worse than an entitled person, right? Uh, yeah. keep knocking around like they're the best guy in the room. And whether that's true or not, like they, they just shouldn't do it. So humility will get you a long way in life. And yeah. the power, never underestimate the power of being nice. Just don't oh, be a jerk. Man, that's totally yeah. true. Like, why can't people just be nice more often? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's weird that that outshines things sometimes. I'm like, it's not, I mean, what? Maybe I just have a kind heart. I don't know. But it seems like yeah. being nice is like way easier. It, oh, totally is. Yeah. It totally is. Just like being honest is way easier. You know, you don't have to create these big fabricated lies, these towers of lies protecting whatever it is you're lying about. Oh, yeah. You know? Going back and forth. So yeah, there's some, There were some books behind me somewhere about what I think one of them was called The Power of Nice that oh. I actually did read. Oh, that's awesome. Did you actually did read? <laughs> yeah, I think so. It might be underneath. It might be the thing that's propping my laptop up. No, no, no. no. It's, maybe it's at home. I do a bunch of audiobooks, so I'll have to look up The Power of Nice. It's not driving It's called The Power of Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you, uh, like, you narrate audiobooks? No. You, no. Oh, okay, you listen, you listen to them. Reading right. is not my strong point. Like, as far as, like, reading out loud, that would probably be a bad... I, it, would, it wouldn't go as smooth as what I'm talking right now. I can tell you that. <laughs> if you put a cue card up in front of me, you'd be like, man, what? <laughs> Hello, welcome 
that's exactly the way it would be. Like, wait, wait, hold on. Take, cut that. Hold on. We're on the road. We get this all the time. Like, I'll be sitting there cutting up with some guy back by his pit, barbecue pit or something for 30 minutes. We're just talking about family and life and smoking meat. And then as soon as those cameras turn on, hello, welcome to my barbecue pit. I use a mix of live oak and post oak. And, uh, what? Like, oh, man. So you got to try to back off of that. And you're like, look, bro, you were so good right before the cameras. Just just pretend like they're not there anymore. And sometimes they can get over it. Sometimes they can. But sometimes they can. It is. A, I guess it is a little different because um, I've had the same thing with podcast people. So that people that are just have these amazing stories. I'm like, yeah, this is like for sure you need to be on, you know, and they're, they might be a friend of mine. And I go, this is going to be great. We have a great conversation. And then it's almost like, they're trying to script what they're trying to say and not be, you know, not come off weird. I guess you, when you talked about honesty, that's part kind of it, but I'm almost over vulnerable at some points where it's like, okay, man, like, what are you going to find out about me? That's going to be bad. Go ahead. Like shoot at me, you know, like I'd re- it's more fun to open up and, you know, be vulnerable with somebody and have a conversation than it is to hold things absolutely, back. Man. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, um, there's nothing worse sometimes when we go to a location and they're like, oh, our PR person is going to handle this interview. And you're like, oh, oh no. Historically, PR people are the worst. It's like, what are the talking points? Stick to the talking points and you can't kick them off. Them. Whether they're good people or not, they're kind of instructed to stick to the talking points. Yep. And it's not that the talking points are necessarily bad. You just end up with a little bit of an inauthentic conversation. Yeah. You know? So not to switch gears a little bit, but it hit my brain earlier, something you said, is, you know, talking about traveling so much, and then you have all these kids. Yeah. That's a, that, that can be, I travel a little bit, like, I've had, you know, to work out of town three or four nights a week, you know, for a while, you know, during half the year, you know, I'd be gone, um, and that is a diff- that's way more difficult than what people think as well. Oh, without a doubt. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, without a doubt. Luckily, my trips are usually short. So if I'm going to be traveling that week, uh, for the most part, it will be now. The past few months have been an exception because I've been bouncing around like everywhere. But if all we're doing is the day tripper, we're going to knock those episodes out uh, with one night away. So on a Thursday and a Friday, and I'll spend Thursday night on the road. But I'll be gone, you know, I believe, really early, 530 or something like that on Thursday. I'll be gone Thursday night and then get back pretty late on Friday. So I miss basically two full days, but only one night. And that's, that, that's doable because then I get to recalibrate for the weekend, spend some quality time. And then there, there are a lot of short trips as opposed to like, you know, four nights in a row on the road week after week or, and, uh, deploy military deployment. Gosh. That would be, that's, that's a whole other, I have so much respect for the family members and the, like the spouses and of, of all of my military friends. I'm like, man, kudos to them for sure. It is hard. It is hard. And none of them are going to say like, Oh, it's no big thing. They'll all say it is very hard. And you know what that means? Like just distant conversations on the phone. Sometimes it's hard being away. And then, and then the other things you deal with, like feeling emotionally distant from your spouse, like that's horribly hard but you can't connect because you're you're across the sea and then like ah and we go to church right now in georgetown and we just happen to be 45 minutes to fort hood so there's a lot of military families who live in georgetown because the schools are good and they commute up to fort hood so this is the first time in my life i've really had a bunch of military friends and i've walked through a lot of deployments with those families and uh my my respect for what they go through has only grown exponentially. Watching watching it all happen, it's man, it's it's hard, it's crazy. So but luckily, I don't have to deal with anything like that. Yeah, your the short trips are pretty cool because that's like that's one thing everybody always thought that we were always on vacation on our trips, and we would go just we would literally leave Friday after work, or maybe take a half a day on Friday, and then we'd be back Sunday evening for work Monday morning. Like we'd fly out. Go hit, go hike the mountains in Utah. See a glacier lake. Go over here, eat this stuff, and then fly back. And I it mean, awesome. just yeah. 
just like we try to we try to maximize our entertainment and travel in, and fit it around our lifestyle. So uh, I cool. I dig this these little short trips and but at the same time that's a hustling dude in Texas because you got some <laughs> long distances to drive. So we've we've put a cutoff if we're going more than four hours away. We do a two-night trip. So, like, we just were in Longview. That was a two-night trip. We went and hiked in the Davis Mountains recently. That was a two-night trip. Um, but if it's under four hours, luckily we're right in the middle of Texas. So you got the four hours is a big net. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a big circle. Yep. Um, if it's over four hours, it is it is two nights. Um, or, or we just did a Brownsville and Port Isabel episode. We did that as a combo. So that one I was gone pretty much all week. And then Midland, Odessa. That was a that was a full week shoot. So there's certainly exceptions, right, to every to every rule. But for the most part, it's short trips. And like you were able to pack in a ton into those trips. And I've you know this was the genesis of the show. I had traveled abroad a lot of time and spent you know lots of money and lots of time away going to places that I thought I needed to see before I died. And then kind of came back in my mid twenties, looked around Texas and gone. Dude, the stuff here is just as good as so much of that stuff over in Europe or Asia, and and people just don't know about it. And so I was like, man, we we are sitting in this place where it's like, man, I'll never get to do this big trip, or it's so hard to do this big trip, or I'm going to wait five years and then I'll do this big trip. And we're overlooking this gold mine of adventure that's like just an hour away, two hours away, you know? And so that was that was the what the day tripper was all about right in the beginning. It was like, man, don't live in this area of, of adventure discontentment, which now, especially with social media, right, it's only grown because you see all these beautiful places all over the world. Yeah. Going, oh, man, someday, someday, maybe. And you're neglecting the most the lowest hanging fruit, which are just like these little day trips that could they could pack in a ton or like a little weekend trip. Right. Yeah. 100 percent and then you get to see it you get to talk to people look you get to try, like recharge um yeah. and there's some amazing spots you know like we had never yeah. been to big ben we went to big ben that place has stuck out in my mind forever uh, it, it's yes. amazing it's an amazing place like yeah. and it's it doesn't even feel like you're in texas anymore you're still in texas no. like it's kind of crazy how it it almost feels like and then paladero canyon that place yeah. is amazing as well. Like it's totally different than down there at Big Ben. You've got all these different spots and yeah. that you can go explore on these little day trips. And yeah. and uh, that you know you said that about going to abroad. I talked to a couple of people from Europe um, and they asked me if I'd been to the Grand Canyon before, and I was like, No, I haven't really thought about it much. And they, he goes, Americans always underestimate the Grand Canyon. People outside the United States travel, and it is amazing. He's like, you have to go. And so yeah. I finally went. We went on one of our Christmas vacation. We did it in four days. We went to um, Grand Canyon, stayed in Zion for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, wow. and then went to oh, Bryce Canyon wow. and drove back. Um, wow. And That's awesome. Grand Canyon was amazing. Just like he yeah. said, it yeah. like – it, until you see it, you just don't realize its yeah. beauty, and that's kind of the way Texas is as well. Like you see these little spots, you go, "Oh, it's." I feel like I've dro- like been driving so long, and it's like a treadmill. The scenery just changes a little bit as I drive by, but it's so flat. And then all of a sudden, you get to this beautiful spot. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly right. Like Paladuro. I mean, Paladuro is not the Grand Canyon, but it is still amazing and beautiful and impressive, and people. Most Texans have heard of it, but have never gone, nor have they necessarily had the desire to go. Uh, but gosh, it's it's awesome. Or, man, I mean, in every corner of the state, going really getting lost in the Piney Woods, go to go to Caddo Lake in Northeast Texas, and you feel like you know you're in these deep wood swamps. Just, I mean, I could go on. I could bore you to death. Yeah, well, that's how do you, how do you? So when you go on these scouting trips and finding your location, do you just pick a spot you do you hear of things i mean how does that all work well yeah i'm I'm constantly keeping like a running punch list of things so like uh i read texas monthly texas highways texas co-op power um uh, like try to try to stay on top of uh 
I mean, just all the different blogs. I follow a bunch of little blogs and websites and things like that. And so I've got just a never-ending punch list. It was all scribbled on napkins, you know, like, <laughs> oh, that, and tear-out corners of magazines. And I finally put it in a spreadsheet a few years ago. And so I've got this never-ending spreadsheet of all the things people have recommended to me. But now with this job, I got people all the time. Hey, did you know there's this or that or whatever? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And so I'll add it to the list. And, and then, you know, someday when I'm planning the upcoming season, I do it all at once. And I'm like, okay, I got 13 episodes. I want to make sure I hit the Hill Country. I'm going to hit East Texas. I'm going to hit West Texas. What's a good – what are some – where are some cool things that are unknown and then geographically diverse? The food's got to be diverse. The activities that I'm doing have to be diverse. And eventually I'll patch – kind of just like – patch it all together and be like, all right, that's a well-rounded season, you know? So I always go back to that spreadsheet. Well, I saw, I like, yeah, because if you follow your Instagram, like you said, you went down to the valley and you're you're in like South Padre, you're in Brownsville. Then you're over like what I consider West Texas over by Big Ben. Then you're in Longview. And I'm like, holy smokes, (laughs) dude, this is two days later. I know. I put on some miles. I put on some miles. Now, uh, my stories are always what I'm doing that actual day. The Instagram itself, like if I'm on a boring day in the office, I'm, we're going to throw some yeah. picture picture up there from somewhere just to kind of – we're not going to act like I'm actually there right now. Now, people see and believe what they want to on yeah. social media. Like, <laughs> you were just yeah. here. Like uh, that picture's five years old, man. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but, man, in June – I'll tell you, in June, June 1st, I was in Tyler – then I drove back to Georgetown. Then I went to Fort Davis, Davis Mountains, Marfa. Then I immediately drove to Dallas, then Kerrville, then South Padre. And then, so it was a busy June, man. I need to, I'm going to calculate the mileage. I think I broke a record. I'm pretty sure I broke a record. That is incredible. Yeah. That makes me happy. You know, you want to know something funny? What's that? I, I was having to get a new truck for work. And I was traded in, and I actually had happened to see your thing on having a trail boss. And I was like, that's a pretty cool truck. And then one showed up at the place where I could get it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I, I actually have one. You got a trail boss. Yes. yes. <laughs> Dude, the trail boss is the baddest truck I've ever driven. You love it? It's actually really nice, man. It's, it's, nice it's awesome. Yeah, I was like. This I can see why he likes driving this. It has everything that you need for like hauling stuff and traveling. And my wife didn't get car sick in it. It's wonderful. So yeah, dude. The the yeah, and it's it's awesome. We've on our family journeys we've outgrown it. There was a period there we could squeeze a few you know a few extra behinds in the back. Not anymore. But have you have you have you kicked in four wheel drive? Have you had to not, go out and test it yet? Uh, not yet. No. No, I've only had it for like a month. Okay, okay. Oh man, it's 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 great. I think. See, I've got a, a very sweet deal with Don Hewlett Chevrolet here in Georgetown. That I I drive demos, and so when I hit five thousand miles, I got to go turn them back in. But now I'm like, just keep 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 me in the trail bosses. That's all I all I want. But I think I'm on my third trail boss, and I won't let him give me anything else. <laughs> there, it's not it's not a bad deal right the car keeps changing yeah. out you keep getting you keep getting a, a a new car which i'm not complaining about yeah i mean i had a toyota before that and and the kids were like we kind of missed the toyota this one's way too nice this is too nice of a truck i mean my toyota had like three hundred and fifty thousand miles on it so Dude, no way wow yeah that thing wow. i i I get kind of partial to it because I spend so much time and I'm like, oh, it's kind of like I, I wasn't heartbroken. Trust me. The the new truck was nice. <laughs> yeah, it does. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I kind of have a lot of memories in this truck. A lot of road has been traveled. A lot of a lot of ditches have been gone through and <laughs> trees been pushed over and things hauled yeah. with this thing, you know. And uh, so it it there is that point to having it. And I do like older vehicles with some character, you know. Uh, but yeah, man, I just thought, I just thought about it when I got the trail boss, I was like, power of marketing. Dang it. Chet got me. <laughs> he freaking got me. Do I like this? Cause he, See, I'm writing right now. Go remind Chevy that Aaron just bought a trail boss. 
I'll make sure that's in there for my next sponsorship renewal. Oh, plan the podcast. I admit it openly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was unsolicited. I didn't make him say that. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. But um, I guess sponsors, like all that stuff, your adventure stuff, traveling in the truck, uh, do your kids and stuff ever get to come along with you? Oh, yeah. So my kids, I call the, the kids are the scout team. So we've got a Suburban as well that we take on scouting trips. And so that's what I love to do when I'm not filming is, you know, filming a show with five kids is, is chaos. So uh, they don't come with me when I'm actually making the show, but we do a lot of family travel outside of filming that they get to come along with. And, you know, they're, they're pretty good now at, like, I'm, I'm raising a bunch of, 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 like, food critics. So they they – We've been managed. We've managed to not raise picky kids, um, and so they'll they'll try anything and everything, and we'll go in a place and make sure they try it all. And I, I I let them act like their opinion counts, and so they give me their feedback. And then we you know we we scout around, jump in some swimming holes, see some museums. Um, it's very whistle stop like. All right, into this museum. Okay, saw it. Back in the van. That's and ours. Then, that's what we do. It's like we. I mean, how long are we going to hang out in this museum? Let's go. We got some other things to see. It's like boom, boom, boom. I mean, the one, the the one we would like to go back to is actually Washington D.C. because there's oh, yeah, so yeah. much to see there. You cannot take yeah. it in. You can't take no, it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very true. And we've got you know. So my oldest is ten. How old are yours? Uh, they are ten, twelve, and fifteen. In 12, 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're prime for DC. They can they can comprehend the greater context of a lot of that stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so mine are, yeah, 10, 8, 6, 3, 0. And so <laughs> we're, we're wondering, like, okay, we don't want to miss the windows. We're, we're playing in a lot of uh, literally different divisions here oh, with all my these goodness. kids, you know? And so we're, we'll, we'll probably in the next year or two take the big ones to Washington, DC and leave the littles at home with somebody else. So that we can we can dive into some of that stuff. But we we love it. I, I love it there. Laura, my wife, she's never been, so I'm dying to take her there. Have you ever thought about branching out the day tripper into something outside of Texas? We we had the open pitch. We well we, we had the open door with some some of the cable networks, and uh, they were like, hey, so make a. We love we love the idea. We love the concept. But as with all the cable networks, they want to own all the IP. And so, you know, I own the Day Tripper and, and we, we hold on to that pretty tightly. And so they weren't interested in the Day Tripper. And I was like, well, that's kind of what I love doing and what I'm, I'm building this brand. And they're like, yeah, we're not interested. What else do you have? And so it was an opportunity to go bigger, but it, it didn't work out for us. It just, it, it, it didn't pass the sniff test, in my opinion. And so, we decided to stay in Texas. Now the show airs all over the country. Yeah. Um, but we're only Texas in focus. And I think that's kind of been our secret sauce. If we had started off as a nationwide show, we would have just been grouped with all the other travel content out there. But I think because we're in Texas, I'm a Texan. We're making a show about Texas. We've hit a sweet spot with a Texas audience. And I mean, Texas is almost 30 million people. You know, so it's no small audience, and that's allowed us to kind of, uh, I guess, embed ourselves here in this sort of Texas mythos, which we couldn't have done if we were just another travel show. Yeah. And also, it goes back to my why am I doing this? And I, I always say this: I make a TV show that hopefully inspires people to watch less TV, and and I want that to. If I were making a show about Chicago or San Francisco or Bali. Or whatever, like yeah, it'd be fun, but at the end of the day, you it would be couch potato fodder for you. You go, wow, that was fun. I'll never go there next, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I really do want to show people what they can do with their families, and I think we've made a bigger impact doing it that way. I, I mean, when you explain it, it makes perfect sense. It really yeah. does. And you said something really cool about the ownership thing. Um, I've thought about it a lot because. I mean, obviously, a dream would be owning my own business and all that good stuff. It would be great, you know, yeah. working for myself. But that's the whole point. Like, I want the hard work, but I would never give that up. Like, I wouldn't yeah. want to give ownership away. As soon as you said the cable, like cable people wanted ownership, it's like, 
Oh man, that's immediate. Like that's a tough one. It is. It is. I mean, you're a guy in a shirt, really, for the big networks. You know, um, and 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 just to give you a couple examples, I mean, this worked out really well for them. They've made a lot of money and they've gotten a lot of success. But like Chip and Joanna Gaines, you know, Magnolia is theirs. They do not own Fixer Upper. You know, Fixer Upper that's owned by HGTV and all those guys. They were able to use Fixer Upper as a platform to explode Magnolia. Um, the Duck Dynasty guys, the same thing. They don't own Duck Dynasty. They own Duck Commander. Yeah. They were able to use Duck Dynasty to blow up this brand that was doing something else. Um, but it's an interesting play when you go to the cable because for the TV show, they want to own it all. So you better have something else you're marketing when you get when you jump into the cable machine, get chewed up and spit out that you've got some kind of thing that you were building in the background that they let you build in the background, which for most, you know, most, most people, that's really hard to do. Well, I mean, it says a lot about you and your show and why it's so good that you wouldn't give up the ownership of it for the money. Yeah. 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 No, it, it, I want to be doing this for the next 50 years, you know, when the people on the, when you, when you jump into that that world, you're you're on a ticking clock. Your day will come. You will it will expire. And what are you? Where are you going then? And so I was like, man, I think there's more longevity doing something like this. Not only is it more fun. Not only do I have complete creative control, which I also have to give up. Um, but I I can I can ride I can ride this. Maybe not another fifty years. Gosh, I'd be eighty eight. Maybe <laughs> maybe I can ride. Yeah, eighty eight. I'll do it. I'll do it on a rascal, man. There you go. <laughs> Someone's going to puree the barbecue for me before I drink it through a straw. <laughs> uh, 88. 88's not too bad. Maybe I'll retire at 88. 88 sounds right. good. Man. Yeah, that sounds all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I mean, I really dig that. And that's how you can tell, like, you know, finding, your, finding people's passion, I've talked about a lot, is just tough like it's tough for people to find their passion what they love to do um it's tough to branch out when you have a good solid job to take a take a risk you know you're an attorney and you took a jump into something you had to pay for that's like people can look from the outside and be like that were never attorney and say that but let's just put in perspective like you got this crazy this this good job you get you make a good paycheck it's consistent it's going to be there you like your boss uh, so on and so on. And then you have an opportunity to throw that all away on a dream or something that you like to do. That's a tough, <laughs> tough ticket to sell. Yeah, yeah. I, it For me, though, it was an easy decision. And I think that when when you find your passion, and this is something, if these people haven't found their passion, then that's that is a tough thing. And it is a tough thing to help them guide them toward what they're passionate about and 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 but if once they find it it's an easy decision to pursue it you know that that's simple but there's a lot of times where people you know what their contribution is supposed to be includes that nine to five job because they can do this as a, a side hustle or this is a charity that's never going to make a big paycheck but they can impact the world through it you know uh, and so I wouldn't say that like every every time someone needs to follow their passions, it doesn't always mean quit the job you're doing because you're in a trap. That doesn't necessarily mean that. There are other ways to feed the passion and make your contribution to the world. Or maybe you can do it at that job. The, 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 your, your on-paper job says you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Well, yeah, you, you're also doing A, B, and C over here that's making more impact in the lives of the people around you than the actual job. So. You just, you, you never know. Every, every situation is unique. Um, so I don't want people to hear this and go, I got to quit my job, you know, because it, not necessarily. You just got to find a passion. And if you're one of the blessed few that can turn the passion into the profession, then take that, you, you run through that open door as fast as you can. Oh, I mean, you're basically just speaking to me right there. That's my yeah. situation. You know, it's uh, the, the job allows me to do this. And I like my job, so it it works out perfect. Like I can, I can do my job and be allowed to do something that I love. Which I was actually having a conversation with a guy that you know about the same thing. That 
it this has given me a sense of purpose and that yeah. has made me actually better at the job that I'm doing now. That's awesome. So See, that, that's phenomenal. I mean that, that you're, you're 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 on you're on to your secret sauce, man. <laughs> It's different. It's different for everybody. You're onto it. You're working on the recipe right now. All right, man. Well, it's running right at about the hour t- time limit, and I know you got kiddos, and we we're get, we got family time to get to. Kind of both of us, you know. I've got I've got chores I got to do after this too. <laughs> <laughs> I got to fix I've the door. A little nephew swimming party that I have to head to right now. Oh, nice. Uh, just, it, it never ends, man. But it's good. It's good. If you if you uh. There's a bit of a, a hustle and a constant level of chaos in the life of an entrepreneur, um, but I signed up for it, you know. And I think other people, if you're willing to do the work, the reward is 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 awesome. That's great, man. That's great. Well, well, tell everybody where they can find you when uh, Day Tripper airs, the season you're on, all that good all stuff. Right, Whatever so you want to know. The the, uh, the self promoting pitch. Here it goes. Uh, <laughs> We're, we're filming season 11 right now. That won't start until October, though. Um, our current episodes of The Day Tripper are airing on your PBS station, wherever you are. But that's the beauty of PBS. We have no idea or control over when that is. So check your local listings or make it easy. Just go to thedaytripper.com, thedaytripper.com. And uh, you can find all of our back episodes there and stuff like that. That's the easiest thing. Or, of course, social media and all that stuff, at Chet Tripper is the handle. So, Yep. And there you go. Awesome, man. Well, Chet, I really appreciate it, dude. Thanks for doing this. Oh, dude, it's been it's been a blast, man. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Maybe we can do a, a fill-in on all this, you know, a catch-up in a year or so. Congratulations on the full year of podcasting, man. I'm so pumped for you. That's huge. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it.